Hello, everybody. I am here today with Carol Cruz. Carol is the former SVP and Chief Marketing Officer at ESPN and Cambia Health Solutions. Uh, she's currently independent board member, uh, director at Velveline Inc., and an investor and advisor at Oregon Venture Fund. She's also uh, spent, and she's here drinking, I'll attest to those who are listening in, a Coke. She was there for 10 years at the Coca-Cola Company, serving as the Senior Vice President of Global Digital Marketing and the Vice President of North America Interactive Marketing. Um, but she got there, it was an interesting way I, I found. So she had, an early in her career, founded a company called Rocket Cash mm -hmm. back in 1999. And that was later purchased by Coca-Cola in 2001. So that kicked off your, your Coke career. Um, so she was there, as I mentioned, for 10 years and now is is active in helping kickstart other businesses through that uh, Oregon um, Venture Fund, which is amazing. So thank you for coming and welcome. My pleasure. I was excited to do this. This is really fun. This has been um, it's a, it's a work of passion for me. And I love being able to share the stories, these personal stories, with uh, with the audience. So um, one accolade that I didn't mention in your in your introduction was the fact that you were CMO of Tough Mudder. Yes. Um, yes. Because it wasn't in your official bio, but right. I, I do know about it. And I, I just have to ask, one, like, how did that happen? And two, did you ever do a Tough Mudder? Okay, you know when you have those life regrets? I haven't done a Tough Mudder <laughs> yet. When I was interviewing, I thought, if I'm going to go there, I want to see an event. And so I yeah. caught the last event of the season, which is in Central Florida. Uh -huh. uh, and that was in October. And I literally, I, I watched Saturday, and I was so enthralled, impressed. I wanted to do it. The athlete in me was like, I'm ready to go. But I didn't have any gear. You know, I didn't bring. I would think you have to train for this. Like, I mean, to just of course, jump into that seems a little crazy. Of course, you should train. But I'm still like, <laughs> I want to do this. So afterwards, I was really in the middle of nowhere, Central Florida. Yeah. So there was a Walmart. Mm -hmm. So I went to Walmart that evening, and I thought I'm going to get like sneakers and right. shorts or leggings and something. They literally had no clothes my size because <laughs> they were in having winter clothes then. Because. It, you know, winter, winter in Florida. In Florida. Sure. So I couldn't get like, so then I'm like, I'll just go to boys. Sure. Because no. the girls, I can't wear girls clothes, but I can wear like a, a boys, yeah. I don't care remember what they would go, 14 or 16 right. or something. Yeah. No, they, they were all um, much bigger than me. Bigger and taller. And so I could not find any clothes at Walmart I could wear to do it. And that probably was a really awesome thing. But because this I was didn't a sign, do it. maybe. It yes. maybe was a sign that I might have hurt myself because I really wouldn't have been ready for it. Uh, well, it's fine. So I didn't. And yes. then I, I stayed. Um, I really was only there for five or six months, and then I left before the season started. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, it's always something you can go back and do. I've seen them. They look crazy. They are the most inspiring thing because you actually have to help each other out. You can't do it. Oh. I mean, almost no one can do it without getting some assistance. And then people help each other out. Yeah. So it's not like a race and you get a place. It's not actually timed. It's about completion. And the whole focus oh, really? of it is teamwork and that you do it with other people, whether you go as a team or the other people help you. That's just very different than some of the other similar events yeah. where it's all about like your time and everything. Now, there are people who want to hit a certain time or they try to beat their time last, but it is not about that personal best. It's really about the experience because. and that team togetherness experience. It's yeah. cool. 
That is it's really cool. It's it's cool and really hard. Oh, I of that I have no doubt. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Um, so in your background, though, this uh, this kind of love for um, the tough mutter may have spawned from your love of the outdoors. I know you shared yeah. a little about your kind of your history yeah. of your growing up and what your family did. So um, I do love the outdoors. We were a national park family. Um, yeah, what does that mean, a national park family? So a national park family is a family that when you go on vacations, you go to national parks. And um, my father had been a national park family. Okay. That, his family, that's where they went. And I grew is this up like in, National Lampoons and you get not, on the station wagon. Well, a little and go bit. It is a little bit like that. We never went to Wally World, but like <laughs> we, my grew up. My dad was a professor at Penn State University, yeah. so we grew up in Central Pennsylvania. And like every four summers, he'd take the summer off. Mm-hmm. We would hop in the Pontiac and we would hightail it mm-hmm. as fast as possible across the middle of the country to the west, and then we would spend a couple months going to different national parks. And so we'd go to Yellowstone and Grand Teton. Like we'd pick a part. Of the country. So we might do um, Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana, or one time we did you know, southern Utah and Arizona. Mm-hmm. And we just went hiking and we stayed at the big old lodges and sometimes, you know, we'd swim in the river and fish and maybe one time we'd ride horses. Or... Yeah. And so I just love that outdoors. So that... And then I also did a lot of sports. And yeah. so, you know, you mix that outdoors and that athlete and that sense of teamwork. And so that's why Tough Mudder seemed like it would would yeah. be great to do. Right. Um, yeah. It's just there's just that competitiveness of yourself yes. as well. It's just there's there's a lot that is very appealing. Oh, I feel you about that. Yeah. So, so this middle Pennsylvania kind of relatively small town girl. I get yes. it's a college, right? Yeah. A big college uh, town. But you then made your way to Connecticut because yeah. we, we had a conversation yeah. about that. And you went to a boarding school there. Yes. So yeah. from this sort of like small town girl yeah. in this oh. sort of private girl. What, <laughs> yeah. tell, what's, what was that like? So um, there was one high school in the town I grew up, State College High School, perfectly fine high school. My mom grew up out in Boston, just, you know, yeah. uh, North Shore Boston. And so she found State College Pennsylvania a bit provincial. Okay. And the world revolves around Penn State football, and I am a huge Penn State football and college football fan. That said, my mom wanted me to get a little broader experience. And so I went to boarding school, Kent School in Kent, Connecticut. It was fabulous. I loved it. I got so much out of it. I mean, not only a good education, but I was 13 years old when I went because I'm young for my grade. Yeah. And I was the country bumpkin. I'm just telling you, there were kids from New York and there were kids from overseas and much more sophisticated or families that had way more money than me. And thank goodness we all wore a uniform or we basically dressed out. Great equalizer. Yes. Ugly uniforms. Exactly. No, they were fine. Or we like we basically dressed out of the L.L. Bean catalog anyway. Sure. And so it was fine. It's just there were moments when I realized, wow. So like the Hogwarts of yeah. the girls' schools? And- well, and there was a girls' campus and a boys' campus four miles apart at the time. So, ah. yeah, it just, you know, I just kind of laughed at myself because I thought, I realized I was like the country bumpkin. Yeah, that's um, fun. Well, yeah. so uh, one of the one of the kind of the premises of, of um, my conversations that I like to have are these, um, I call them these holy ship moments, right? right? These, these Hoshi moms or Hoshimos. And um, when we were kind of talking in preparation for this, we spoke about sort of being the small town girl yeah. in this sort of, you know, 
kind of poshy, high-end, private girl, you know, setting. And I said, you know, what, did anything happen in there? Because you've done such crazy, amazing things with your, your life. I mean, I'm not even, not just your career. Oh, thank you. Your life. And I always think that there are a series of these kinds of moments yeah. that happen. Yes. And, um, you know, did, did anything like, did what was the first one that you recall? Well, I got to tell you, I, Kent's school, and whenever you do your charitable giving, I, like, I, peop, I completely over-index on my high school. People are like, what? But <laughs> it really, I got to say, Kent made me who I am. Yeah. Today, I mean, I think my parents probably raised me to be like my mom, especially a very self-confident. You, my dad, you can do or be anything you want. Um, but I, when I was younger, I did stuff to please my parents. Yeah. I did, I, I did well in school to please my parents. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's really was my motivation for most of my life, including through, through high school, through mm-hmm. Kent. But Kent, you know, you go away at thirteen. You live in a dorm. You do your laundry. You, I mean, that's young to be away. It was really strong academically, really strong sports. And it brought out leadership skills that I just really don't think I knew. And nor maybe even recognized myself um, because I didn't feel like a leader there because I was still kind of this country bumpkin yeah. kid. Yeah. And there's some really wealthy people and beautiful girls and Great you know, international, yeah. fought, you know, there was one of the dictators kids went there wow. as a matter of fact and i mean i mean yeah that's what it was yeah. and i was so i don't it but it brought out these leadership skills and um i was selected to be soccer team captain i was selected to be on the newspaper one of the newspaper editors and then they have this big night where they're um selecting um dorm prefects it's okay. kind of like Harry Potter, you know, yes. the dorm prefects, which is like the top leadership roles. And this isn't your peers voting. This is the headmaster and the and the other teachers there. And what are they and what are they looking for? So what's um, the... I don't really know. I mean, at the time. Yeah. And there wasn't much you could do necessarily to you know, there was no campaigning. Yes, right. Um, it just was throwing your hat in the ring or no. your name. Yeah. And, and I, in fact, I don't even think I would have had the confidence to throw my hat in the ring, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, and then that night, you're all in the chapel, and the headmaster is reading off names, and he said my name as a dorm prefect. I'm like, Hoshimo. Wow, yes. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yeah. And I walk out up, you know, you're walking up the entire school's there. You're up on stage to do the ceremony thing. Wow. And this was just like, huh. Yeah. Clearly, I have this leader, these leadership skills between the soccer captain, the, the newspaper editor, and now being a dorm prefect, and uh, that I didn't know I had. So it's inter- that other people saw it in yeah. me, but I did not realize it. Because you, I mean, by your own admission, right, you were already captain of these things, so it could have been there, but it took this sort of unrequested, yeah. out of the blue, you know, nomination or acknowledgement that right. you were this person for it to click in you. It did. And then when you do that, you know, teachers or administrators and people were like, of course you, of course. Like they were like, of course. And I was like, wow, I just, I don't know. I wasn't, I don't know. I just didn't see it. Yeah. But it did change my thinking then in college. I didn't, like, I didn't want to be that person who peaked in high school. You know, there's a lot of people. <laughs> Sorry. I but there's movies about that, right? Yes. <laughs> and, and you meet people who, like, they're still, they're, they're 45 and they're talking about their college football, I mean, their high school right. football days That's or right. whatever. Yeah. And I realized then that kind of changed my mindset also of this isn't all about pleasing my parents. Right. This is, you know, it gave me that confidence of, like, this is about what can I achieve? What can I do? Yeah. And so um, 
we, you know, again, we talked about your career and how, you know, that might have been one of the catalysts that yeah. that gave you the confidence and the courage to go and do these things in very male-driven yes. industries. Yes, I mean, that's true. Both Tough Mudder, okay, we talked about that, but ESPN. ESPN. Yeah. I mean, we've both worked a lot with ESPN. Yeah. Very male-dominated. Yeah. I mean, but you went in and not only went in, but you, like, just wow. Yeah, them. I think that was my mom, honestly. Really? Oh, yeah, my mom was... Ahead of her time, I will say. Yeah. I mean, she didn't live this crazy uh, – like, she was not out there burning her bra and women's lib and whatever. <laughs> you know, she just felt that she needed to always be able to take care of yourself. And I remember her always saying, you always have to be able to take care of yourself. Hmm. You know, and it's the power to walk away and that you have money to walk away, the power to walk away, and just always. And my dad also, you can do anything. And so what? And what I think that ESPN started. Though? And Is so, it... well, I love sports. I mean, you don't yeah. grow up in State College, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and not love college football. I mean, yes. five-year-old girls yes. know the game yes. of football. And so, I grew up in a sporty family. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad loves football. I loved golf. My my brother played soccer, so I played soccer. In fact, when I first started playing soccer in eighth grade, I had to play on a boys' team. I didn't, I didn't have girl soccer. I did the same. Yeah. Right? right? And so I was good at sports, and I always did sports, yeah. and I watched sports, and that's what my family did together. Yeah. And um, and so then uh, early in my career, you know, I was at Clorox, and yeah. I, did, I did certain sports sponsorships. And then when you're in Silicon Valley, sports is not a really big thing. So right. at that point— that was just my own love mm-hmm. of sports because mm-hmm. Silicon Valley isn't so sports-focused. Fo- uh, and then when you're at Coca-Cola, I mean, Coca, except for maybe Major League Baseball, I did so much sports marketing, um, oh which gosh. was fabulous because I love all those sports. And then I did global sports marketing, um, like with Women's World Cup right oh, now. Oh, I know. I was just going to say, mean, my I'm God, so are you not so excited? <laughs> I lo- this is like my favorite every four years. I love this period of time. I get nothing done. Uh-huh. I do nothing because I'm watching soccer. But uh, And we got to take our family, my mm-hmm. husband and kids, to uh, the Women's World Cup um, eight years ago. Wow. So anyway, it was great. That's So I just loved it, and I did a lot of sports marketing. And so when I got a call about the CMO role at ESPN, I was like, oh, Oh my dream God. job. Please, yes, yeah. sign me up. So, and I just, I knew it would be harder as a woman, but I didn't care. Well, to that end, and I'm, look, and I'm sure to some extent, you know, being a woman in an industry like that, you, you got to sort of set the tone of what it meant to be able to be a powerful woman yeah. in, a, in a kind of a yeah. male-dominated industry yeah. like that. Yeah. So, curious, kind of going back to that that leadership, those that moment mm-hmm. that you had, um, looking back now, um, and you think about the things that are most memorable or most meaningful to you outside of the accolades i get yeah, that yeah, but yeah. more the personal kinds yeah. of things what what stands out for you um in those industries about you know that connection that kind of fulfillment of of that leadership moment in you yeah so i i have like five ideas i'm kind of yeah to put them in some Throw rational order out. that makes sense so one um thing is which i Actually, only learned two years ago that there's this whole study about leadership. And I, 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 I will tell you, I don't read business books. Mm-hmm. I don't read leadership books. Mm-hmm. I watch and I talk to people and I observe. And, and you listen I to podcasts. Just, and I listen to podcasts, exactly. <laughs> and um, um, there's a whole leadership thing about um, the role of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. 
um, which builds trust. And of yeah. course, trust is core to leadership, yeah. right? Okay, I just learned this two years ago. Didn't know that. But like when, when I went into ESPN, first of all, you can't work there and fake sports knowledge. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I had to go in. And I had like 150 people on my team. I'm introducing myself. And, I, and one of the things I said is, look, I know college football. I know soccer. I know that. I am not a big uh, basketball fan. Yeah. And I said college or NBA. I just – I did not grow up watching hoops. Mm -hmm. And so I, it's a sport I actually don't know about. So right. I'm going to need some people helping me learn about that sport. Right. And it's just interesting because that's that – Vulnerability, vulnerability, trust. Mm -hmm. and trust, and I'm not, and and people knew then. Oh, Carol's not going to bullshit us, mm -hmm. right? She's going when she doesn't know something, she's going to tell you, and she's going to ask for help, and she's real. Yeah, and um, she doesn't have to pretend that she's something she's not. Yeah, and sure enough, one of the most junior people who worked um, at ESPN, you work on different your brands. Yeah. Aren't like Coke and Diet Coke. Your brands are college football, NBA, right. Right. college hoops, et cetera. And one of the most junior people on the NBA team reached out to me the next day, and he's like, "Hey, I'd love to teach you about uh, about the NBA, and let's just go to a, a Knicks game, and I'll I'll run it all through you with you." And I'm like, "Great." So the other thing that happened is ESPN marketing when I got there was very hierarchical, mm -hmm. and word got out by his like bosses, bosses, boss. That VP, that Olu had invited me to go to the basketball game. He's going to teach me about NBA. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, you're you're not going to go with the most junior person, are you? Do, uh, do you want me to go too?" And I was like, "No, I'm absolutely going to the to the junior person who was the first to respond and ask me. Of course, I'm going with that person. Right. Like, right. why would you ask? But so that also made it very clear that this hierarchy was not anything I had any interest in. Yeah, and that wasn't going to predetermine who you thought was, no. was in fact, worthy or good. At that hopefully, time. every other junior person realized that I wanted to hear from them just as much as I wanted to hear from anyone else. And I think that made uh, really help the team. And I did kind of flatten out the organization then. Um, yeah. And, you know, yes, of course the junior people are going to present the creative yeah. strategy. Of course they are. So you were really helping shifting sh to shift the culture. Yeah. And um, and that's so that's that. So some of that is that I think it's earned leadership, right? I, I prefer yeah. earned leadership mm -hmm. um, versus uh, entitled Branded, leadership, right? Yeah. The you, you had spoken to me a little bit about how um, uh, I think it was it, it might have been when you were leaving or Cambia, I believe, yeah. and you had one of those moments as well. So, kind of in a similar vein, but this was more. Um, Maybe centered about more women. I don't think it was yeah. only women, yeah. but I yes. think it was. And yeah. what kinds of feedback you got? Yeah, when you left, please share. Yeah, that. so uh, absolutely. So I was at Cambia Health Solutions for four years as a CMO, big, ten billion dollar non for profit, very interesting health uh, solutions company, and um, I'm, I was very used to the leadership team being primarily men. That was mm -hmm. my norm, so sure. it didn't seem very different to me. Um, but there had been a history I learned when I got there of when they got senior women, they didn't last very long. Mm. Um, and I don't know the history of all that, but that either they didn't stay or they didn't like the culture or whatever. 
And so I knew that, and I knew that there that was an impact. And they had, you know, they they were the company is very good at getting feedback from employees and satisfaction surveys, mm-hmm. and and then follow up interviews. That a lot of um, say mid level women who were aspiring to move up did not feel like that was going to happen for them at that company. And so um, the company, while I was there, did a really great job of bringing more women in and on the leadership team, and, yeah. and which I thought was great. But um, when they announced that the company was eliminating four senior executive uh, roles, um, it was four men and myself. And um, so they did a going away thank you thing. Unbeknownst to me, everyone was calling it awake. Um, (laughs) And everyone else was like, this is so awkward. And I was like, I actually thought it was kind of nice. But... um, so the CEO and the COO said some nice words, and and um, uh, and then they invited other people, and like a lot of I had about eighty people in marketing, and a mm-hmm. lot of the people there were on my team. It was a little yeah. unbalanced, yeah. but also a ton of women mm-hmm. in the company, mm-hmm. and already before that, there were a lot of tears among the women as I was saying yeah. goodbye. Right, and so then when some uh, when they asked a question, a very brave woman said, "Why is it?" that you were losing yet another senior woman. Mm. And, you know, Carol has done so much for the women in this company. She's so approachable. She's so involved with the women in this company. Why is that? And I think it just took the some of the leaders by surprise that, oh, I didn't even think of the impact of yet another senior woman leaving. Right. And, I mean, that was not even remotely why at all. Mm-hmm. I under, absolutely understood the decision to eliminate these roles, and I was fine with it. But even if something makes business sense, it doesn't necessarily make cultural sense. That's right. Right? Or you have to think about what that impact might be. Right. So I still think they should have done what they did knowing it. But maybe had they thought about it, they would have messaged things differently right. or something. Um, but I'm still – I have all my menti- – I mentored a lot of women there. And mm-hmm. I love mentoring um, women and young women and especially working moms. I love – I love and this. I'm, I still, I am still mentoring many working moms there. Well, as you know, I've I've asked to join your your fan club of mentors <laughs> because um, yes. the as a working mom, um, it's it is I think. Look, there's many, many working mothers out there, but I think the further along you get in your career, at all phases, frankly, but the further along you get in your career. Um, you know, you end up you end up at these crossroads and these yeah. these various like koshimos that happen to you. Oh yeah. And so what now that you're you're focused, you're you're helping to build um, industry of the future. So in this in, yeah. in the your advisory and investor capacity, and helping women, but mm-hmm. especially working moms, as yep. you said, what what is the pivot? What what kind of gave you that that juxtaposition this time. So you, yeah. the leadership, but now you're kind of focused here. Yeah. How'd that path Well, manifest? I think, you know, many people, um, I hope, frankly, yeah. I guess, maybe they don't, but I hope, and I see it around me, you know, they get to a point in a career where they, they get a lot of joy and they want to give back. Mm-hmm. And there were absolutely a lot of people who helped me along the way. And frankly, most of my mentors were men mm-hmm. sure. because... I was like, I just, I don't, I, I gave, I think I was at a disadvantage of negotiating like my compensation or when mm-hmm. I got new jobs, thinking only as a woman, I wanted a male point of view. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really helpful for me. But it was, you know, there were times, it is hard to be um, a working mom. 
And uh, my mom gave me this gift of don't feel guilty. If you're going to feel guilty about everything, which most working moms feel guilty that they're not doing enough for their kids and their family and guilty when they leave work, I'm like, my mom, yeah, and especially given that I was raised Catholic, was the anti-guilt mom. Don't feel guilt about that. Yeah, that's stuff. amazing. Yeah. Don't feel guilt. And so she's like, you're going to do this, and I think it's amazing that women now can do both. Mm-hmm. And can do both successfully, but don't feel guilty about it. Right. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. That was her advice. And so um, women apologize a lot, and they make a big deal of if they have to leave early for their kids. And I find there's so many amazing working dads. They just – if they have to need to go pick up their kids or they're going to go home and make dinner, they just do it. Right. And they don't explain it, and they don't apologize. Yeah. They just go do it because yeah. that's what you do. That's life. Yeah. And so I especially like to – help working moms realize you can do both, mm-hmm. and sometimes there's trade-offs. Um, but don't apologize, and don't have to tell everyone everything you're doing all the time or apologize for living because you're kids either. Yeah. So we did, so we, um, you know, I, I was talking about how these moments, these these great moments, they have this way of shifting our, our thinking and best laid plans, what we mm-hmm. plan and God laughs, right? Um, and there are a series of them that happened from when you think about that moment when you were, you know, given that title of prefect to yeah. today <laughs> with that amazing career behind you. But now what you're doing kind of in this more giving back role, yeah. both as an investor and as an advisor and a mentor, what does what is your vision? Because I think we can have many definitions mm-hmm. of success, but what is your vision and what does success feel like? It's not, you know, I hate the question, what are you going to be in five years? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, want to know yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. I don't exactly. want to know. Um, but what is it, what is, what is it that you're, you hope for? Um, so, uh, for years, for years, you know, especially when you're, again, you're working and you have these big jobs and you have a lot of people who need your time and right. then you have your family. I've always said my heart is really big and there's so much my heart wants to do for people, but I don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that now that I haven't been working full time for, I don't know, five months or something, those things that my heart wants to do, I can actually do those things. And it is incredible. It's like this, wow. So now it's like if I want to help startups and I want to help invest and help startups get going, uh, and I have you know a fair amount of industry and ex- uh, expertise yeah. and experience and, or just a fresh set of eyes and I can help, that's great. I don't actually really care if I get compensated. It's just like, it's just, I get joy from that, right? And um, just like continuing to mentor Mm -hmm. a zillion women because, you know what? I like to help people on their career. Um, And so, yeah, you know, I don't don't work, like making money isn't my goal. Though if I'm doing kind of real professional work for a company... I expect to get paid. Absolutely. And you won't apologize for And that. I would never apologize for that. <laughs> and I expect to get paid. That's right. And you should. And, but if I'm doing something for my heart to help people, I expect nothing back. Yeah. And um, so your yeah. vision of success, so success now is... looks like joy. Joy. joy to yourself. That uh, joy I go to others. I go to yoga regularly, and um, for New Year's, not this year, but last year, New Year's Day yoga, um, it, the idea was to set an intention, and what's your word for the mm. year? And it, people are like, is it strength? Is it change? Is it power? Is it all this? I was like, I was lying. They're like, oh, God, no, I'm so exhausted. No, it's none of those things. 
My word is joy. Yes. <laughs> or joyous. Yes. And so that's what I that's what I want to do is things that um, bring me and other people joy. I love it. What could be better? It seems pretty good, right? Seems good. I joy joy to the world. I'm yeah. happy. I would I would love that. So. So I mean, and I'm not in that mamby pamby like world peace way. No. Because I'm a little t- way too practical and growth oriented and all that stuff. I just mean like kind of joy with action. I get it. No, a personal joy. What is fulfilling, right? Right. Or what can I do to help other people uh, achieve their dreams? Because right? you've had such yeah. success and you can And I had a lot others. of people help me along the way, right, and support yeah. me. So. It feels good. Yeah, it's good. Well, Carol, this has been great. Yes, Thank I appreciate it. Thank you so much it. for doing Absolutely. this. This is my, um, again, little passion project for me. And it's certainly been an honor to have you on oh, here and share you so your much. story. You're a great inspiration. Well, you have your own amazing stories as well. So I <laughs> hope you. someone is going to interview you. Oh, well, maybe we we'll do, do a that. turnaround. We'll maybe do a turnaround. I'll have to do that. I've got some friends out there who maybe will help me do that. But there we'll you go. set that up. Thank great. you. Thank you. Appreciate it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.